This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Voice of the Land podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold. Alongside me, as always, my brother, Nick Paulus. Nick, man, we're back again. Back at it. Two weeks in a row now. You know, we're back on track. How you doing, man? Doing actually really well today. Uh, you know, was up at ESPN just doing the Ryan Day show uh, and uh, Notre Dame College's, uh, you know, weekly show mm-hmm. that they do with the uh, coach and uh, Mike Rizzo up there. Uh, but other than that, I mean, sped out of there, got over to here. I uh, had to, you know, sit down and, you know, wait until <laughs> the uh, the fort was open here for us here at the studio. Uh, but, you know, got in. Now we're doing this and it's going to be a uh, lively podcast probably today I think is probably the best way to put it. I think it's going to be naturally lively yes. because we really didn't do as much prep as we normally do and I know anybody that's listening that <laughs> may want to may think oh well these guys could Oh they have could, no idea what they're talking about now. They have, no no. Oh we know what we're yes. going to be talking about. Yes. Sometimes it's just just nice to just kind of let it flow especially with what's going on yes. in this city right now. I tell you what though, it's been a weird couple days for me because I'm usually working in the morning. Yeah. And then, you know, so I get like the nighttime to kind of relax, get get a couple things done, prep for all the high school football coverage I'm doing right now. Of course, working with uh Ohio Media School and allsportscleveland.com, covering Mentor and some of the other stuff. I'm gonna be at I'm actually d- doing uh some sideline coverage of Euclid and Maslin Jackson. So we're doing some region one division one, one of the best Nice. One of the best regions and divisions in all of the all the state of Ohio and one of the best in all the country. So gonna be fun doing that. But man, I worked in the morning on Tuesday and then I I got switched to doing an overnight last night. So I was there, I got to work at like 9 30, 10, got out about six in the morning and then try to get some sleep before I came here. Which once the sun comes up, I don't really sleep very well for some reason. Even when I'm sick, I don't sleep well. When the sun comes up, like when I'm when I know I'm supposed to be awake and doing things, yeah, I can't sleep. Really? Yeah. So this is gonna be a lively podcast, and it's probably gonna be the last bit of energy I have today <laughs> on this Thursday, November seventh. Um, but this is episode sixteen of season two, and remember, you guys can find us on Twitter at VT underscore POD, at VT underscore pod on Twitter. Find us on all major podcast platforms. We say it every week. We post through Anchor, a nice website to get yourself started. If you have a podcast idea, you you have a group of people or you just have something you want to talk about, Anchor's a great spot to do it. No free ads, of course, but, you know, we're – it's, it's a free website. So what what could be better than that? And right. then helps you get it out there to Spotify, Google, Apple, where you guys can find us. Find our fantasy podcast, Fantasy Voices, all the time. We're trying to do as much as we can, give you guys as much content. And then let us know what you like, what you don't. We're always, always looking to change things up. We just had a conversation before we came on how to change this podcast up. So trying to do that. Paulus, before we get into the Browns, because we need to get into that as soon as possible, number 16, when you hear that number and you translate it in your mind to sports, what do you think of? 
Uh, well, we were going over this a little bit earlier. I think the one that really stands out is Joe Montana, mm-hmm. the original goat of quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL. Obviously, I believe, and I don't know if you believe it or not, but Tom Brady has superseded him, and you know, obviously, Joe has what I think he has. Yeah, he has four rings, I believe, uh, three Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, Brady obviously now has six rings, I believe, four Super Bowl MVPs. So, I mean, he's. He's right there. He's the top mm. five greatest quarterbacks of all time. There's no doubt about that. To me, it's probably Joe Montana. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure that there's you know a lot of different 16s out there. Uh, how about you? See, for me, 16, yeah, I know there's a lot of athletes out there, and in no way am I even trying to compare myself to even the average athlete out there because, you know, I only went through high school athletics, and that was as far as I went. But... 16 is special to me because that was always my soccer number. Okay. And soccer is, as you know, and I've mentioned on the podcast before, it is my favorite sport and it is one of the the sports that I was able to, on my own, find a connection with and develop relationships and friendships through that sport. And 16 or really any number with with the six at the end, whether it was just a regular six, 16 or 26 based on my birthday in March the day my the day in March that I was born mm-hmm. if it has a 6 at the end but 16 for the most part cuz those are some of the when I wore 16 those were some of the most special years in terms of how we did as a team in soccer yeah. at Wycliffe High School but also just special years overall in the in the friendships and how things kind of went so 16 is kind of always held a special place in my heart and that's why I always typically go with it for when I play soccer um, you know basketball is always 23 of course but sure. for the most part 16 is my is my number that I typically go with let's also let's not forget who won the you know NBA championship in 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers Cleveland baby. Cavaliers I love the hoodie by the way old school throwback the land but it has uh, Ohio dunking yeah it's the old school um, what are they calling the 90s edition uh, of the uh, of the Cavaliers yeah jerseys this year love it the baby blue and the orange love yeah. that it's the era that we grew up on oh, really i yeah. mean when we were kids and you go to the gun with the blue seats and the that, you know, that's like, all i can remember that's, yeah that's all i can remember i love this logo yeah. and then the land just that it's perfect we are the voice of the land too so the land that phrase has kind of always been out there for us and shout out to my girlfriend jana who got this for me as a special special gift we went to the game on sunday and that was a that was a fun time out there and uh, shout out to Autumn Chisholm too, who uh, we went to oh, nice. Ohio Media School with. She works yeah, Autumn, over there. Hey, shout out, yeah, yeah, shout out to her because she kind of you know kind of helped point out a couple things as I was looking for this design. It was either going to be on a hat, yeah, or a sweatshirt or a shirt or something. S- looks great and looks great. I love this sweatshirt. Feels comfortable too. It's really mm, nice. Really like good a material. lighter material or no? It's it's actually a little bit of a heavier material, so it okay. keeps you warm, but okay. it, but it doesn't feel heavy. It's not like you're like overly right. weighted down with a sweatshirt. Good. So it's like the athletic feel, <laughs> but but the warmth you need right now, especially Northeast Ohio with snow coming down today. Dude, it's it's coming. Yeah, definitely time for snow to hit here in Northeast Ohio, which in reality makes for fun football watching weather. You know, even whether you have to sit out there, or you're at home co- snuggled up by a fire, and you're watching some <laughs> watching f- some football. But we don't have good football to watch here in Northeast Ohio, except for 
Your teams are in the high school football playoffs or, or Ohio State. Yep, that's but about it. They keep taking bye weeks. We'll we'll get into them <laughs> towards the end of the podcast. But the one and only topic in this city right now is the Cleveland Browns halfway through their season sitting at two and six. If I would have told you before this season started, we would be at the halfway point. Kareem Hunt now coming back off suspension, adding what we thought was going to be another talented piece, fresh legs halfway through the season. Paulus, if I told you two and six was be, would be our record, what would you have thought before the season? I, I would have thrown you out of the room. Like, there's no Literally way. or figuratively? Uh, literally. Yeah, okay. prob- probably literally. Uh, just throwing you right just, through the door. Just getting. I'm just letting okay. everybody get the picture. <laughs> now, I, I can't believe how bad this team looks. It, because it's not like we're dealing with health issues, you know. Everyone's pretty much healthy. And, like, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, sure, were we minus Denzel and Grady for a while? Yeah, you know, about a month or so. But it's not like they were the game breaker. It's not like Baker's hurt or Odell or Jarvis. It boggles my mind how much talent we have on this team, and we haven't been able to get it right. And and I obviously, to me, it all goes on Freddie's shoulders and Baker's because Baker can't get out of this clean. Okay, I'm not saying Baker's been playing great because I said at the beginning of the year that he was going to be. MVP or in the top five of MVP uh, votes there for us. And he obviously just hasn't lived up to that. Now, there is half a season left, and it's not like we're 0-8. We're 2-6, and but it, we're not 0-8. We are not technically out of the playoffs yet. So if they want to strive for something, work your ass off and make the playoffs. But that means that you got to go at a minimum 7-1. and this team has won seven games once in the last, what, five years? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that we think that they could run off seven and one it is mind-boggling. I don't see it happening. I see this as, talent-wise, we're a 10-6, and 5-11 and 11 team. But the way that coaching's been, we're a 6-10 and 10 team. And I think that's what our record's going to end up being. Yeah, I, excuse my language, but this is unacceptable shit. Yeah, that's what it is, and you cannot be sitting at two and six halfway through the season with that much talent. The injuries to the defense, they were able to piece together that defensive backfield, and it didn't seem to be that big of an issue. But you just went up to Denver, and I know that you're playing in the altitude, and it really is an issue. But you go up there and you play against a good defense, not what Denver thought their defense was going to be or continue to be after that Super Bowl run they had in Super Bowl 50. It is not anywhere near that level, and you continued to struggle. It is the same struggle every single week. It is frustrating. It is exhausting. It really is. To watch this team try to get some sort of synergy or chemistry or rhythm on offense in the game and the defense allowing a guy that had not taken a snap in the NFL to throw bombs on them down the field and get in a rhythm when he hadn't even been in a game. You did not take advantage 
of the situation, the hand that was dealt to you, like you did in game two against the Jets. You come out with that piss poor effort in game one against the Titans after all this energy, after all this positivity, and all this love affair with the Browns becoming America's team. And you come out and you lay an egg. So then Sam Darnold goes out with Mono. And they had a couple injuries, and we've seen what the Jets are this season, too. Hand was dealt to you, took, you at least, it was exhausting to watch that game, but you at least took care of business. And the defense stepped up against two backup quarterbacks in that game. Now you go on the road again and you do the exact opposite, you get worse? That is unacceptable. You cannot be. At two and six. Yes, I know that there's still things in front of this team, but nothing is getting better. And I am just frustrated and tired of watching professional football right now. And, and I agree. We made Brandon Allen look way better than he should have. Like, way better. He only completed 12 passes out of the 20. So 12 of 20 for 193 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, I'm looking at everything right here. Total plays, you you had 30 on top of them. Denver only ran 43 plays. You had more total yards. You had uh, 351 to 302. Uh, passing, you beat them in passing. They beat you in the running, uh, which is a rarity you know, with Nick Chubb, but that's something that we'll get into here in a second. Uh, the penalties, you actually had less penalties than than they did. And you had a, one less turnover. The fact that you cut down on penalties and turnovers, you had more yards on them, blows my mind how you can lose this game. That's all based on Freddie. And there's a distinct memory for me uh, whenever it, they were third and short, I believe it was like third and three, third and four, and Hunts, or I'm sorry, and Chubb is on the sideline for the third down play. Wasn't that third and one and then it I got to it, like a fourth was, and four? No, no, no. Okay. I thought I thought it was third and four, okay. and then they got it to fourth and one. Now, I think that maybe maybe I, I have it mixed it, up. It might I'm, be reversed. I, I think might the third have and one, up. I think they lost yardage because they, they may have tried to use Dontrell Hilliard it, instead of very well could. And Chubb. It, I might be getting this mixed up, but I do know that Chubb was on the sidelines, you know, for a critical third down play. Chubb, your best offensive threat. Yeah, did he have a great game? No, but he was running hard, and he, all he needs is one broken tackle, one broken tackle, and he could go end zone at any time, at any time, and you left him on the sideline for that third down, and then you did it for the fourth down. Why? You have Nick freaking Chubb, who's going to be a Pro Bowl running back this year on a 6-10 and 10 team. That blows my mind. He is, I think he's third. We had the bye week, and he's still third or fourth in rushing. Blows my mind. I have no idea what the hell Freddie Kitchens is doing. And then we're talking about adding Kareem Hunt to this mix. How can we trust Freddie to, to bring it all together? I have no idea. And is he going to start favoring one over the other instead of trying to utilize that two-back system to allow Kareem Hunt to get himself going again? Because he hasn't played in 342 days and counting. It'll be 347-odd days once they actually play this game on Sunday against the Bills. 
and you're going up against a legit defense. A really good defense. Their offense isn't the best, but Josh Allen is doing enough. He's progressing. He's progressing. Your quarterback that was drafted number one is regressing, and he's gun-shy. On that fourth and four, he had Odell going down the sideline open. It was one-on-one. In the NFL, that's wide open. Yeah. Because because he had two steps on him. That's wide open in the NFL. And you have to take that shot because you're down. You go into the red zone and you get four field goals. Great. The whole question mark about the kicking game has been answered. Great. We're still two and six. Our special teams look really good, though. Tremendous. <laughs> I don't care. I would rather have all three phases going instead of just one that doesn't that gives you less points, four less points than you could be getting if you, this offense had any sense of direction or understanding of what they're doing out there. Baker looks lost. Odell can't get the is being put in situations where he is being underutilized with the talent level. That's saying it nicely. That he's being underutilized. Freddie has no idea how to put him in position. Freddie has no idea how to just continue to allow Nick Chubb in this running game to open things up in the pass game. There is no balance. There is no understanding. And then, yeah, I know Brandon Allen didn't have big numbers against the defense, but you're supposed to be able to set the tone early. Just because you kept them in the game later, great. You did your job for half the game. Do your job for the entire game. Offense, do your job for an entire game. I'm exhausted. I can't do this every week. And this is worse than going 0-16 or being 1-15 or 4-12, 5-11 every year because the talent level on this team is too good to be 2-6 and six at this time of the year. Captains step up. Coaches step up. Hey, look at what the discipline did in in practice. They had less penalties. It wasn't the penalties and shooting themselves in the foot wasn't there. Guess what you forgot? Game plan for the red zone when defenses have to tighten up and the windows become smaller. Somehow all the other teams in the NFL find ways to score touchdowns and it's the points being scored in the other games are much wider. You're not going to win 17-7 anymore. It's not going to happen. Come up with a game plan. Please, a consistent game plan one time. The rest of the season, maybe that's all I'm asking for. I want to see one game in the second half where I saw a consistent game plan and I saw a progression. That's where I'm at. I'm only asking for one when I should be asking for all eight to be that way. You got it all out? I don't know. You're not sure. Not sure. It's there's. It's, I mean, I don't know how you feel, man. I'm just. I, I'm exhausted as well. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. I feel. I feel terrible right now as a Browns fan and seeing it, it, our buddy Mark. Mark keeps going on Twitter and keeps reposting Baker Mayfield, you know, random stuff. If, if you don't know who Mark is, Mark Ruper, one of my best friends, uh, groomsman uh, for my wedding, he is a huge Steelers fan, okay? Fit, grew up Steelers fan, dad has season tickets, everything. So the whole nine yards. 
but he loves to twist the knife and he knows the perfect times to do it. And it bothers me as a Browns fan because he lays in the weeds. He lies right there in the weeds and just waits. And he was waiting all freaking year, biting his tongue. And now he strikes and he strikes whenever I am at my lowest freaking point right now, which is which is absolutely two and six with a team that should be honestly at least five and three. And, and we face some really good teams. But you should be at least five and three. At least. And I, it it just it kills me. I mean, I have one of those I have one of those buddies too that I know wants to dig the knife in. He's a Bills fan, so Of course. Hey, yeah. Bo, I appreciate I mean, he told me he listened last week and said our episodes are great. So shout out to Bo and all the people that oh, do thank listen. You. Yeah. I mean, Bo is one of the best dudes that I know, and we have great sports conversations at work all the time. I know we want to have a fun back and forth with Bills and Browns, and I was thinking that was going to happen this year. No yeah. malice to it, just a fun back and forth on it. On uh, you know, one game Josh Allen doesn't look good, and I you know Baker looks great, and kind of just having these back and forths. I can't even enjoy doing that because there is nothing to enjoy with this Browns team. Bo, good luck to your Bills this weekend. That defense is probably going to kick our ass because we can't – Baker can't read a defense. We can't game plan for a defense to utilize a talent that's out there. So enjoy it. I'm sure you get to go to the game on Sunday. I would still love to go to the game. Like that's <laughs> that's how big of a Cleveland fan I am. I would still love to go to the game. I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to be wearing my orange and brown. It, that's never going to change. I'm just more exhausted than I've ever been. And we still have half this season to go. I know. Man, I can't even look at how Kareem Hunt's going to come into this fold, What breaking down how they're going to utilize him, because I don't even know. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I say we just, let's look at the halfway point of the season. Give me your most valuable and least valuable player. We'll start there. Those two spots. Most valuable and least valuable player. Halfway through the season for this Browns team. I think that there's no doubt in my mind right now the most valuable player is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Like, We're on the same page there's there. There's nobody else. Right now he's he has an average of 5.2 yards a carry. He's touched the ball, or I'm sorry, he has 154 attempts for 803 yards. He is this close <laughs> to, to beating what he had last year. You know, all of last year. He ended up with 996 yards last year. Actually had a thousand, got knocked back four yards on the like the last play of the game last year. And if you uh, trend that out, that's sixteen hundred yards because he's only eight games in, he's already got eight hundred yards. And and so he, just double that and that's sixteen hundred. Right, exactly. We're halfway through and he's he's right there. He's on pace for a hundred yards a game, which is Phenomenal. Yeah. Jim Brown averaged, uh, you know, in his career, I believe it was like 95 yards a game. And he's so not even on the field I know. as much as he should be. The fact is, he only gets 20 carries a game. Like, that's it. You're cut off at 20. And I don't get that because he's a young running back. Has he had knee issues in the past? Sure. But what running back hasn't? Let's be honest about that. Right. Okay. And the fact that Freddie's coaching for his job and he's still 
only you know letting him carry the ball 20 yards a game. That blows my mind. I got to call better plays. We got to execute better. I need to be better. Same old, same old, same old Browns every single week. Blah, 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 blah. So I have – are we both in agreement he's yes. the MVP? Yes. Okay. So who is your least valuable player? Baker Mayfield. I'm right there with you. I mean, I could say, because I know we want to do biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. Yeah. I have another one for a, a disappointment. Sure. But I think just to get it out of the way, Baker Mayfield, least valuable player. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if there's something else going on that we don't know about right now. He looks like the exact opposite of what we saw last year. I know you cannot go based on what happened the previous year. Any momentum built from the second half of the year wasn't going to fully determine how this first half of the season was going to go in any regard, one way or another. But he looks like he's gone 180 degrees the wrong way and just keeps following the wrong light. He keeps following the wrong light (laughs) and throwing to guys that aren't open or taking not taking the check down when it's there or taking the chance when it's there. He's gun shy. He's not Baker Mayfield, the Baker Mayfield we know as a football player. He's more concerned about all the all the other stuff, the quick little quips and press conferences and yeah. commercials and things like that. I guess I gotta say what Cowherd once said, man up, grow up. Man up, grow up, Baker. Yeah. No, I mean you're I think you're hundred percent right. Uh s- surprises. Give me one or two. Surprise for me. <laughs> Dude, it's so difficult I, to find a to find a surprise. I mean, the the only other person you could have argued for most valuable player would be Miles Garrett, but Miles Garrett, it's not a surprise. Not you, a surprise you know who are surprises. Special teams. The special right. teams unit, we we brought in two rookie And I forget uh, about kick, them because I'm so uh, focused on know, the other two I main know, phases be, of the game. Believe me, I know. But Austin Seibert is 14 for 14. He's missed two extra points. The one, uh, uh, the very first uh, uh, kick of the year, uh, he missed that one. And then I believe... He's shaking he, in his boots. Right. And then I believe he missed one. It was it, it was either in Denver or uh, uh, the Pats. I think it was uh, during the Pats game. I think it which, was. Which, could you blame him? I mean, it was... A torrential downpour that happens, but yeah. he's fourteen for fourteen. Jamie, I think that's surprising hearing that right now. Yeah, I didn't realize he was he had that many field goals and right. He it's was one hundred percent unbelievable. And Jamie Gillen, okay, Scottish Hammer has he's punted thirty five times. How many times are in the inside the twenty? Which is like the marker for you know a, a good punter. Thirty. It, not that many. Oh. He is 18. But right. phenomenal. The fact that half of his punts— I was trying to give him more credit. Right. But. That half of his punts, and he's you know booting at, at an average of 46 and a half you know, per one. He did, he did have one blocked. That happens you know, to the to the best of them still. Uh, well, but your he, front line better block better. I, exactly. And I know Prefers has mentioned that he had his press availability today. All the coordinators have press yep. availability on Thursdays. And he was getting questions. He's probably getting the most positive press conference, most positive questions. And he's talking about, well, we didn't do this well. We didn't do that well in the game against Denver. So one of the better special teams groups in all the NFL, the guy still wants more. And But where is that kind of – you're actually seeing the result from what he's saying. Yeah. You're seeing it translate to the field. Why do we hear the right thing from everybody else and it doesn't translate to the field? What is going on? Now, I will say the Scottish Hammer, Jamie Gillen, 
I wouldn't put him as my biggest surprise. I know some people probably would, and it's totally sure. understandable. But I thought that under the radar, I th- assumed he was going to be pretty good and could develop under Prefer the ability to manage that strong leg in situations to down the ball inside the 20 and flip the field. And and you and I talked about this at the beginning of the year. I, I thought that Jamie Gillen uh, definitely had the ability to do this. He has, uh, let's be honest, a Hall of Fame leg. That dude can boom it. But it was just wrapping that potential up in the, in the right setting yeah. and making sure that his mind was straight to be able to do the punts that he has to do. And he's been phenomenal. Um, is there somebody that needs to step up Outside, let's say outside of Baker, because I think that's a pretty obvious one. I'd go Olivier Vernon, and okay. the defensive line overall. Now, it, that yep. defensive line overall has been the biggest disappointment for me in how lacking of dominance, consistent dominance. I know that Miles Garrett has been dominant, but in order to, I think for him to even show that he is taking his game to the next level. That defensive line needs to be more consistent than they've been. They make stupid penalties. Our defensive tackles come through and they hit the quarterback a couple steps after he's let let go of the ball. I know there's gray area on what a rough in the passer is or pass interference is and all the rules in the NFL these days. But got to play smarter and got to be more consistent because in Denver, you should have set the tone right away. You should have set the tone right away. I think I think you're right. Defensive line definitely needs uh, you know definitely needs a little bit more pep in their step. How many sacks do you think Miles has? I'm gonna go eleven. He, he, ten. He has ten. Okay. How many does uh, the next person have? I'll, I'll I'll tell you who they are. Larry Ogunjobi. Three. Four. Olivier Vernon. Three. Three. Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon Richardson. Two. Zero. Oh boy. From that front right there, Miles has as many as 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 all of them combined. Just more. Yeah. Technically, yeah. Yeah. They have seven. Yeah. They have seven combined to Miles ten. Yes. That's an issue. Yes. I really thought bring in Olivier Vernon was going to step up the game of Miles Garrett, you know, get double teams off of him. Do you know who's leading the Kansas City defense in sacks this year? Let me guess. Emmanuel Agba. He is. He is four and a half. I forgot he was even on there until I was watching the Kansas City game on Sunday. Right. Because waiting for these games as well has been a pain in the ass. I know. Oh. And by the way, I mean, shout out Emmanuel Agba. Happy birthday yesterday. But <laughs> I just saw that pass yeah, over on Twitter. He wears red now. He I know. I know. It doesn't he, matter. He but, doesn't matter. But even right now, even Freddie Kitchens wears orange and brown. He still doesn't he matter. He still doesn't matter either. But Emmanuel Agba, it, the fact that you're only getting the same production value out of uh, you know, out of Vernon that you did with you know Agba blows my mind and that is the issue the defensive line needs to step it up Miles is going to get his it's been proven Miles does what he has to do but everyone else doesn't and that's an issue we thought going into this year this defense was going to be clutch for us that we thought that that we have a top five to top ten defense with all the turnovers we had last year and we only have four freaking interceptions so far this year. We're not going to get into it, what Jermaine Whitehead did, but he had one of those four, and he's second on your team in leading in tackles. And now he's off the team. For the better of the team. For good reasons. For good reasons. But that is an issue. You just lost your second leading tackler. Gone. And he has one of your four interceptions. 
people need to step up right now. Yeah, there needs to be some sort of like major league type come together, come to Jesus come moment. Come to Jesus moment. Where yeah. they, or whoever you go to, come to whoever type moment. And it's not going to be some sort of mild progression throughout the year if they're really going to turn a corner. Yeah. In the second half, it's going to just be a huge, big turn because something clicked in the locker room. But I don't even want to dive too deep into previewing this Bills game. I'm just going to let you, Predictor Paulus, give your prediction because I'm just saying right now, from what I've seen, I don't see how this Browns team is going to succeed against a legit defense that the Bills have shown to be all year long. You have two games in the next seven days, starting today. So uh, it, Thanks for the reminder. I know, I know. You have the Bills, and then you got the Steelers on Thursday Night Football. Both have excellent defenses. Both are struggling on the offensive side. I think that you can beat this Bills team by running it right down their throats. However, you have to be consistent with the run. And that's something that Freddie hasn't been doing. I'm terrified that we're going to get blown out at home again. And we haven't won a game at home yet this year. It's been a month and a half since we've been home. But we need to win at home on Sunday. No questions asked. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that they lose to the Bills. You know, call me shaken. I, I don't know. After watching the last four games, it's been awful. It's going to be a closer game because the Bills offense doesn't scare me, but I think it's going to be probably 21 to 14. 21 14, 20, you know, 21 17. Points. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'd give them 10 points. Yeah. It's 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 definitely going to be maybe a, even uh, nine because they can't get in the end zone. <laughs> it's, it's it's possible. Well, you know, there is going to be a crowd down there because they haven't been home in a while. Right. But that scene's going to get ugly if that game gets ugly early and you just see the same stuff over and over again. How crazy is it that four weeks ago or five weeks ago we were sitting at two and two, beat the Baltimore Ravens, beat the crap out of the Baltimore Ravens, and we've gone zero and four since. And they've gone 4-0. Beating the Patriots. Beating the Patriots, who we could have beat, but shot ourselves in the foot. I am exhausted, and I need Buckeye football to come back with these stupid, stupid bye weeks (laughs) in the Big Ten to extend this season instead of playing some crap team like the SEC does in the middle of their season just to kind of give a bye week to some of their starters or a little bit more rest to their starters. Sure. I don't even get to watch Buckeye football. This is the second bye week already. Finally, we're coming back, playing Maryland this weekend. And the playoff rankings just came out. I don't know if you saw them or not. Ohio State at number one. and You have uh, LSU at number two, Alabama at number three. Those two face off. So you know whoever wins that game, they'll be in next week's number one spot no matter what. Number four, Penn State over Clemson, which is a little crazy. But Clemson started off the season – while they're undefeated, they haven't played like well, a... they haven't played anybody so far. They didn't play like they didn't play anybody. That was the problem. They yeah. only beat North Carolina by one point in North right. Carolina. Mac it was Bra- on ESPN, so everyone saw it. Yeah, Mac Brown has that team, you know, has North Carolina. She's trying to transition, trying, to, trying bring, to turn it. Trying to turn around, but and they've had some quality quality games, but they're a back-and-forth type team. They're a 500 team. team. 500 team in a, in a low-level, low-class ACC level of football that's being played in that conference right now. Uh, number six, I believe, is Georgia. Georgia. 
So there's your there's your top six with Clemson and Georgia on the outside looking in. I tweeted out, I don't care about the the pre-playoff rankings. Leave it to the AP. I, like if you're gonna rank teams during the season, I just I'd rather look at the Associated Press because I don't I don't care. Everybody has to earn their spot by the end. There's still four weeks to go. Five weeks if you include the conference championship games. See, I have more of an issue with like preseason AP polls. Oh yeah, like that. I have more of an issue with that because nobody's played a game. At no. least with this college football playoff poll, we understand you're, what they're looking yes, for and, you're, and how you're they're going doing off it. of what you've seen and how how teams have gone. That's that's all well and good, but really it's just about money and it's about of course, well, it's it, always about it's money. It's just drawing attention to it. Because I, you know me, I bleed orange and brown. Sure. I bleed the red, white, and blue of the Indians. I bleed the white and gold of the Cavs. And I bleed scarlet and gray for sure. the Ohio State Buckeyes. And you can call me a Buckeye honk or whatever and how big of a fan I am. Guess what? I don't care that Ohio State's number one. I, I Number one, first of all, I want to see Ohio State continue to be the team that is trying to prove to people that they are a talented team and that Ryan Day, they're playing for him and with him right. because he's able to he was able to transition his message on how he coaches from the Urban Meyer era. That's all well and good. I as a fan and superstition wise, I'd rather them going under the radar. That is not the real reason I have an issue with or don't really care about being number one. Guess what? They still got a couple tests at the end of the year and to try to get themselves in the Big Ten conference game. If they do all that, they'll be in the playoff. If not, then they'll they'll play themselves out. Right. I'm not gonna get all excited and go <laughs> woohoo on Twitter and social media just to get likes and retweets because sure. I'm saying, oh my gosh, you guys see Ohio State's number one in the playoff ranking. Are the playoffs tomorrow? Right. No. Let well, it go. You're you're not wrong, but once again, I like I like the fact that they put it out right now instead of at the beginning of the year like the AP does. They are pushing it back further and further. It used to be like halfway through the I season know. after like six games. Right. So it's getting but better. I like I like it because it shows you where you stand. I mean, it, and you kind of have a feeling of who those top four teams are, but now you know who they are. And you're so, catching me on a bad week, too. That's true. You're catching me on a bad football week. My, that, pro, my pro team sucks, and college football team hasn't even what, played. Right. Yeah, two they, bye weeks in one season. Right. Um, that all being said, I, I, I agree with you. It is all about the money. Whenever it comes down to all of this, and like I didn't talk to you about this, so I'm bringing this up you know, off-key right now, but NCAA football is going to be making a comeback. And were you, were you because obviously now the NCAA has allowed likenesses, you know, player likenesses, yeah, to, uh, to be played and, and you know uh, to be paid and everything like that. So congrats to all the kids out there that are going to be making money here soon. It's not going to be everybody, unfortunately. No, but you know, it's not going to be <laughs> Title IX is going to be pissed. All yes. <laughs> everyone that deserves money won't get money. Some people do, some people won't. Uh, the big guys will, obviously, and that's how it always goes. But it's the start. But it's the start, which is a good thing. That being said, NCAA football's making a comeback. NBA Live, they actually canceled production of making NBA Live to focus solely on NCAA football. Were you a big NCAA football fan? More so Madden or, or however. Uh, I with guess those I was games. more so Madden, but I never really had video games growing up. Okay, I'd have to go over to buddies' houses sure. and, to play, and I don't think they really ever had NCAA football. I know that that was that's always been a big draw for people. Sure. And I've wanted it to come back so I could 
and hope to see that people were rating it and evaluating it in terms of, oh, like this is even better than the past, right. or this is just as good as the past. Because I want that kind of experience That because I saw that EA sure. Sports put out such a good product with NCAA football and what you're able to do, everything like that. I guess I don't have as much excitement for it. I'm just, I would definitely, I'll definitely buy it once it comes back to see what everybody's been talking about with that. And of course... NBA Live's gone because 2K has... Of course, it's taken 2K, over. 2K has taken over the yeah. NBA. They they rule that. EA right. has the football. I am thrilled to have NCAA back. I used to play in Tyler, Bill, like Mark. We would always play NCAA football. Mm-hmm. It, it, like I love Madden, okay? I haven't bought Madden in, I think, three years now, though. Yeah. Because like, it just doesn't... I don't know. Like I'll play it for a month and be done with it. It's whatever. But NCAA, they have the not it's not the franchise mode it's the legacy mode i believe is what it's called and you become the coach and you go anywhere you want you can be the coach of kent state and get offers from ohio state once you win three national championships and they're like yeah we want to sign you and then you go there and you just build up your resume and you beat everyone oh my god it is you can create your own schedule you draft or you're not draft but you recruit your own players i can't wait to see how all of this comes back and uh we used to Tyler and I. We used to make a couple of uh, uh, of our players. Mm-hmm. His son is Mason. Okay, that's yeah. that's his son's name. So he would make Mason Mason Lafrada, and he would make him a six foot six, three hundred pound quarterback, <laughs> and he would have him, and he would bring him on to wherever we would always like. I'd have you know Ohio State. He'd have Texas, and and, and we draft all you know. We recruit all the players, and you can do this against your buddies. And uh, I would draft my future son was Lincoln. So Lincoln Paulus, I would draft him six foot six quarterback, and then we would see who could win the Heisman. Okay. And it would just go back and yeah. forth. Like each other, you know, all of us would have 500 yard passing games. You know, we'd do the option plays, unstoppable players, but they were awesome. That settles it. I'm buying, I'm buying NCAA football when it comes I, out. They bring tell, that back. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Because men is trying to implement some of those, some of those elements to it. Sure. And I think what I've always the game I've always loved from EA Sports has been FIFA. Okay. And if transitioning how they operate with FIFA and how much attention to detail they put in for the world of soccer there, that's what I'm hearing about NCAA football. And those are the kind of sports games I appreciate that you've put in the the time, the effort, the they go detail all out with it, so that you can get a full experience. As if you're part of that kind of world. And the best part about it was you could create these players, have them go through college, and then export them into Madden. So, like, you could have, you know, you buy NCAA. Like, mm-hmm. That's the only way that I would buy Madden from here on out is if I bought NCAA. Yeah, and, and I, they do that cross, exactly. that cross game. Yeah, thing. you're able to draft the players out mm-hmm. of there into Madden. It's phenomenal. It's great. Yeah. Oh. Well, hopefully that does that does come back and probably I'd say at some point in 2020 or they're, 2021. They're they're talking. Think, they're they're trying to get it done for next year. So yeah. 2020, they're hoping to have it. But if it's not ready and you want the good quality product to go out there, bring it out when it's at its best. Not don't just bring it out to bring it out to right. appease appease the masses. But that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the Voice of the Land podcast this is season two episode 16 remember disney plus comes out 
you and I are going to have to have, a, have to have an initial conversation on how much Disney Plus we watch after Tuesday before we record either Wednesday or Friday of next week with Mandalorian, baby. Mandalorian. I can't wait for oh, it. my buddy, my buddy Jake has been so excited for Mandalorian, and I'm excited because you just you see the trailers and it just looks great. It looks looks amazing, and there's so many other things going to be on Disney Plus and the package deal with Hulu and ESPN. I'm gonna, gonna to, be sweet. I'm gonna have to move some money around, but make sure that I pay for uh, pay pay for our fantasy as well. But there we go. For Nick Paulus, I'm Kevin Arnold, reminding all of you out there: don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. And to everybody that listens to our podcast, we love you all three thousand. We appreciate everybody that listens. We will see you all next week.